You know what I'd be interested? I I would be interested in a, the German version of ChatGPT because for sure it would not take on the same kind of motherly tenderness. Welcome to Thoughts on Art, the podcast where we explore the intersection of art, culture, and everyday life. I'm your host, Amir Guberstein, and I'm joined by my co-host, Przemek Piszczek. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Today, we're excited to dive into a few different topics that we think are particularly relevant as we start off the new year. That's right. We're going to start off by talking about the popular Netflix show Emily in Paris, which has been generating a lot of buzz recently. We'll also discuss the show's representation of the city of Paris and whether or not it accurately portrays the city and its culture. After that, we'll talk about a topic that's always relevant this time of year, weight loss resolutions, but with a touch of sass. Uh, we'll discuss some common misconceptions about weight loss and give some practical tips for setting and achieving your health goals in a sustainable way. And finally, we'll talk about Nashville, a city that has been growing in popularity in recent years. We'll discuss its rich cultural heritage, as well as some of the challenges the city is facing as it becomes more popular. So let's get started with our first topic of the day, Emily in Paris. The show follows the adventures of an American woman, Emily, who moves to Paris for her job. From the beautiful fashion to the charming streets of Paris, it's a show that has many viewers daydreaming about living in the city of love. <laughs> but as we've seen in many Hollywood productions, the representation of foreign cultures and cities is not always accurate. So let's start by discussing the show's representation of Paris. What did you think of it, Pshalik? Well... I think the show does a good job of highlighting some of the most iconic tourist spots in the city, like the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre. Uh, however, it also perpetuates some stereotypes about the city and its people that are not entirely accurate. That's true. The show portrays the Parisian as cold and unfriendly, which is a stereotype that many people have about the French. But as someone who has lived in Paris, I can attest that the people are generally very friendly and welcoming. Yeah, I think the show could have done a better job portraying the diversity and complexity of the city instead of relying on stereotypes. Definitely. And on that note, let's move on to our next topic, weight loss resolutions. As we start the new year, many people set resolutions to lose weight and get in shape. But as we all know, it's not always easy to follow through on these resolutions. That's right. One of the biggest misconceptions about weight loss is that it's a quick and easy process. But the truth is, it takes time, effort, and a lot of hard work. Exactly. And another misconception is that the only way to lose weight is by going on a restrictive diet, but in reality, sustainable weight loss is about finding a healthy balance between eating well and exercising. Absolutely. One of the most important things you can do when it comes to weight loss is to set realistic goals for yourself. Instead of trying to lose a lot of weight in a short period of time, try setting smaller, achievable goals that you can work towards over time. 
And remember, friends, weight loss is not just about the number on the scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also... <laughs> end of transmission. <laughs> so if no one noticed, that was a chat GPT-3 script that's been generated for a Thoughts on Art episode. And now please leave a tip of 20%, 25%, or 30%. Uh, Amir, are you worried that AI is coming for our jobs? Yes, I'm definitely worried. Uh, so I also generated some other scripts where it was like talking about art and mental health and art and activism. What What's the process of feeding in the, uh, the, like, the keywords? Uh? Uh, so I just wrote, like, create a podcast script for an episode of Thoughts on Art. Uh, and that's where it gave very vague, um, like, results, like the mental health episode or the art and activism episode. But those two, it, it made clear that it's like, uh, this is your podcast on arts and culture with a touch of sass, oh which God. is true. At least I got <laughs> that right. But then uh, I tried another prompt, which was, please generate an episode of Thoughts on Art, blah, 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 um, covering the topics of Emily in Paris, uh, weight loss in 2023, and Nashville. And then it always just cuts off at a certain point without explanation. Mm-hmm. So that's why it we got to the number on the scale thing and it didn't go any further. You know, I think this, uh, uh, this little gimmick will finally get Hans Ulrich Obis to listen to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, this is all about n- the network <laughs> and we don't mean <laughs> annoying networking. <laughs> By the um, way, I'm sick in bed listeners. So uh, I you apologize sound like for my rasp. <laughs> yeah. You sound like a heavy smoker. <laughs> And my vocal fry. <laughs> um, oh well, just so our listeners are, um, just so they uh, know what's going on, this is actually take two of the recording of this episode. <laughs> uh, thanks to Apple's new iOS or whatever. It really it fucked up our previous recordings. So like, if our takes today sound rehearsed, it's because they are. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> yeah, I still, I still have a, uh, an ongoing phlegm issue, so I'd like to apologize for that in advance. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I sound very sandpapery. <laughs> you actually, oh. you sound like a, you sound like a 50-year-old woman who's, oh, like, oh. chain-smoking oh. at the desk. Oh, work. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. God. So, I am in, uh, I'm in... Old Nashville in, in East Yeehaw East, Yeehaw in East Nashville, Tennessee, on a uh, Rumspringer, home um, of Taylor Swift. Not is it though? Is is she from here? She moved there at some point. I think when she like bullied her parents into having a music career. Oh right. I wonder if like her character and life story has been mirrored in the uh, show Nashville. <laughs> Uh, well, we might need to get Jordan to call into a future episode and let us know. Yeah, true. I mean, I've been, um, forced by through osmosis to watch it too. It's just been playing <laughs> in the background here. 
Um, and I got to say, Connie Breton or Britton, as some people call her, is just terrible. Oh. Just terrible in this show. Oh, yeah. The mom from White Lotus, who I thought was Ashley Banfield from <laughs> <laughs> formerly of MSNBC fame and now on News Nation or whatever other random channels are on now. She's from Winnipeg, uh, by the way. Oh, really? I'm going to have to look her up because I'm unfamiliar with this person. Just Google Ashley Banfield. It's Ashley spelt in that like slutty way. A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. In the uh, pumpkin spice latte way. Totally. Um, <clears throat> pumpkin spice season, Christian girl autumn. Like that's that spelling. Um, uh, she yeah. looks like the mom from White Lotus. Same Wait. hair. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, Connie Breton, who I like really loved on White Lotus, I found just really miscast in, uh, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. She's just like so anodyne. Does she uh, play like a Faith Hill type character? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. She like played a, well, almost past her prime country star? N- I haven't been following that tightly, but she plays she plays like a a uh, like a staple of country music in the scene and they like you know everybody on the show sings as well mm-hmm. and she does not have the voice for it at all um and the show is just like cast with a a barrage of butterfaces which actually very much so reflects the uh the slice of a uh sexy population in this neck of the woods you heard it here first Mm -hmm. um i'm only i'm only you know reflecting my experience from hitting the gym here it's just uh we we mentioned it on take one of this episode but i mentioned it but the city could heavily benefit from some interracial mixing if you if you get my point oh just a lot of like ryan serhan types expansion in all ways all ways yeah as evidence uh, evidence in his hips <laughs> <laughs> well that is uh, my um 2023 motto in terms of like my love life and finances but in terms of my physicality it's 2023 snatched back to reality mm-hmm. um i like that eating the gym Gotta get my uh, cheekbones back without a buckle fat uh, extraction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, my motto is just uh, 23 and me. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) Um, Well, another another very famous person on the show, um, Hayden... (laughs) (laughs) Panettiere, I was just going to say... I know she's on that. Yeah, I was I was afraid to mix up her last night. I was afraid to like say penetrate. Or <laughs> well, she was getting split in half by that uh large by the Klitschko twins. brother. <laughs> <laughs> was she married to the mayor or the brother? She was married to the mayor, I think. Okay, cuz he's like what 6667 six, and she, and yeah, she's no, like the the photos were insane from when they were dating. Yeah, it's even more drastic than the uh Kim K uh, Chris Humphreys era. Yeah. No, she's tiny. She's like 5'4, five, 5'2. Five, yeah, she's 153 centimeters, which is like the size of paintings I make. Actually, 150 is not that short. 
All things considered, I mean, yeah, women, that's true. Well, so, five feet so, tall. That's like uh, my mom's height. It's yeah, small. no, five, five feet for a cis woman is uh, just pretty standard. Yeah. I want to say. Uh, um. Yeah. She also. I don't think I she has. Know. Uh. I don't think she has. What do you call it? <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> everyone i don't have covid i just did two tests <laughs> so i can't even blame this on covid haze where you don't have the custody what i don't think she has custody of the child oh i see i was like what show is called custody i'm sure jordan has watched it <laughs> <laughs> um but i think the child has been shipped off due to the war oh for sure um well oh, sh- okay vladimir she's with vladimir klitschko is it Vladimir or Vlodomir? Well, yeah, Vlo- Volodomir. Volodomir. <laughs> um, is she, what is she? Is she French? Is she, what, no, I guess she's American. Oh, she's from New York. Huh. Okay. So uh, I anyway, still don't know if he's the mayor or not. <laughs> yeah. Without, uh, without disclosing my uh, geolocation, I'll just hint at my proximity to Jerry's Artorama the OG. Oh God. <laughs> um I don't know uh, if like please pick me up a where, yeah 30 yard roll of canvas <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know if this is a depot if this is where everything ships out from but it's uh it's like i was tickled when i first saw it oh my god i'm so jealous i would love to go there in person and mm-hmm. peruse um you, you know that that canvas i got there I have not been able to find anything equal yeah. in Europe, period, especially for that price. Yeah. I think they used to have a brick and mortar location in New York, like around Astor Place, but it closed down a few years ago. Uh, uh, they're, they're truly the best deal. Totally. In this city. Uh, yeah. Like. This isn't SpawnCon, but where stands. So everyone go to Jerry's com. Yeah. I think it's Art Rama. Oh, yeah. Art Arama. Anyway, Google it. They have really great online deals. Maybe one day we'll get sponsored. Yeah. Um, or get a cease and desist from them. <laughs> one of the two. Um, what are some of the highlights that were a, uh, that we talked about in uh, take one that we shouldn't go too much into detail about in take two? Oh, I oh guess my, my I guess my dream, the dream that I had. Uh, I remember. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, you should talk about that. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, Amir, who who barged into your dream? Um, a certain Catherine Bernhardt came over for a studio visit. In the dream, we were very chummy. Uh, and at some point, as she was kicking back in my studio, she said to me, "Amir, I really have to be truly honest with you." I don't like your work. And uh, then I woke up covered in cold sweat. And <laughs> <laughs> no, but the part about the dream was true. I, uh, If anybody wants to slide into our thoughts on our DM and analyze it for us, you're welcome to. What were you talking about she's before? Open. <laughs> she got shady. Chester Cheetah, Honestly. the Pink Panther. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing finger painting with... <laughs> a uh, cheese cheeto covered finger cheeto dust <laughs> yeah <laughs> making cheeto dust art 
Oh my god! Yeah, that's who did that. Someone did do that. I remember, like Porn or someone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think this sums up the. uh, This is all we're gonna address art in this episode. I hope you got the cold sweat checked out after. Yeah. Um. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Oh well, you know what? So we also had a mailbag. Oh yeah, true. Should we do the mailbag again? Yeah, sure. Why don't you why don't you feed it through Chat GPT and see what Chat GPT <laughs> has in, has to answer? It's probably uh, more uh, more substantial than any take that we could provide. Sh- should I do that? Yes. Okay, you entertain the audience while I do that. Or let's do it the following way. You ask the questions, I give my answer, and then we give Chat GPT's version or take. All right. Okay. Okay, let's do that. Okay, we're stuck with banal, banal, <laughs> banal paintings justified by queer identity performance of the artist for another year, aren't we? Um, I guess we are, but the good news is that if you ignore it, it ceases to exist, at least in your own private sphere, which is a good sort of tactic to deploy when you know you're interacting with either a toxic person or someone who sucks the air out of the room as a uh, as a pathology and so you can just manifest it out of existence by not paying any attention to it and it's true also also like with all of the recent algorithm changes to instagram i like I get very little art anymore. Um, and so I'm not ex- exposed to like stuff that's aggregated collectively through the people I follow. I just get randomized stuff. And for some reason, not for some reason, I know what the reason is, but I get just a lot of English bulldog content and very little art. <laughs> and with the minimization of the art content that I get, I just, with it, the queer art is just completely... I'm unexposed to as of now, but like, and I also have not been hearing of any, like any more like group shows that are about the like queer body or any like upcoming, you know, uh, like biennial or survey or whatever that focuses on this issue. So maybe it has run its course. I don't know. Maybe that's something for like professionals in the know to, uh, let us know about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, well, G- what does ChatGPT has to say about this? Oh, well, get ready. It's four paragraphs long. <laughs> can you ask GPT to uh, ChatGPT to summarize it? I don't know if you can. I, I don't think, think it's that can. smart. I really? Th- yeah, it is. Typing away. Okay, here we go. Wait, okay. This feels like when I would dial into the library in winnipeg um Mm -hmm. in 1994 uh using telnet you didn't have a teletext uh tv uh, accessibility oh oh, teletext did not exist in north america really yeah it was not a thing i remember going to poland in the year 2000 and being wowed by uh teletext on the tv that was like that was such a highlight of my childhood I love it. I love the graphics. Yeah. 
I okay. like I I sense a potential in it. Like it was kind of a uh, like a foreshadowing of the like the the technological advancements of days to come. Yeah. You know? Okay. okay uh, so in short, art is a form of self-expression that can take many forms and can explore a wide variety of themes and ideas. It's personal, and everyone has different taste on art. Recently, there has been more focus on art that explores LGBTQ plus identities and experiences. Some may find this type of art important and meaningful, while others may disagree and find it unimportant. (laughs) Everyone is entitled to their own opinion on art, and the best way to form your own opinion is by looking at the art and experiencing it. It's also good to remember that art is constantly changing. New artists and styles will continue to emerge. Okay, that's right. Okay, the, I feel the, so fucking dumb now. The, the bot knows what's up. It does. Also, clearly, this was this was programmed in a s- certain like this is not like this is not purely AI. Totally. This was like, it's like too diplomatic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was coded to like sound inoffensive. Uh. <clears throat> So our next um, engorged mailbag question was, do you ever think of bringing your art into the metaverse or 3D spaces? No. Isn't the whole house of cards collapsing or has collapsed already? Like wh- why would I, why would I jump on a sinking ship? Yeah, I think especially the actual metaverse sounds like a sinking ship. Yeah, um, and if if any single person with two like discerning eyes and a brain and ears was not able to tell that it's like a shit show from the minute it was like exposed to like a uh, introduced to the world, then something's wrong with you. Yeah, like uh, those demos of that kind of newest oculus pro or whatever where there's like augmented reality blah blah blah, where you could be working on multiple workspaces like that i could see i don't know being helpful depending on what your job is but i don't see the point of being in essentially 3d chat rooms and paying actual money yeah also to 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 buy crap also two thoughts one of them like why does it have that stupid like we aesthetics (laughs) <laughs> like those avatars those wii avatars oh yeah yeah they look like nintendo wii yeah and oh, what's the other thought that i had oh yeah it must be so bad on your eyes because you oh know, you're, God, know like the uh like the screen or whatever is like really close up to your retinas but you're it's like sending signals to your brain that you're looking afar yeah yeah and so it must like strain strain your like your your optic nerve at some point well ai pashemic says um as an ai i don't have the capability to create art myself but the idea of creating art in a 3d or virtual reality space such as the metaverse could be an exciting opportunity for many artists this kind of platform offers a new level of interactivity and immersion for the viewer and also new possibilities for the artists to express themselves. However, creating art in a digital or virtual space requires a different set of technical skills, and it may not be suitable for all artists. True, the rise of digital mediums, such as the metaverse, is attracting more and more people 
interested in the potential of creating art in a virtual space, but it's worth noting that it's not a replacement for traditional art forms, and both mediums have their unique strengths. Oh my god, it sounds like it sounds like chatting with like a PMC. <laughs> totally. Oh my god, if this is the future, kill me now. Totally. Oh my god. It really is just corporate speak. Everything this shit It is out. corporate speak. And yeah. very PR speak. And like, um, I had it generate a bio of me just to see mm-hmm. like how powerful it is because it would be a very easy task for like machine learning. Because if you Google Pashemic Pishcheck bio, there's already multiple bios online. So it can just kind of aggregate those. Mm-hmm. But when it made the bio, it was completely wrong. Like it had some facets of my work that were accurate, but then it said things like, Oh, I make very detailed um, depictions of like cities or something. It's like not true. And then the end had a very like marketing spin on it. But what if you uh, wanted to generate like a press release? That's usually even in our own words is meant to be vague enough to like, yeah. Well, mine sounded kind of like a press release, but it sounded more, let's say, product driven, where it was like, uh, like, you know, things to critical acclaim and much more success to come in the future or something like that. Like, it's not any way you would ever talk about an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, it just sounded like really tacky. Um. Anyway, let's see. Do we have any other questions? Um, okay, I need to get past the dirty ones. <laughs> Who sent these? Uh, what are going? What are going to be the new food trends? Have how, you encountered any of these in Nashville? Uh, how are we experts on that? Uh, new food trends. I don't know. If Nashville feels a touch behind on trends, and uh, mostly because it's just a markedly smaller city than new york and to add on to that i'm not a big foodie in new york we just have our like you know five go-to restaurants that we just keep returning to um yeah the food here is good but it's like i i just sound like a fucking snob but the thing i really miss in my diet is like um just like l'esprit de gigi type food you know like like elevated like french cuisine that's like truly what i like what i have a craving for 90 percent of the time i thought you were gonna uh, say elevated comfort food not particularly like i'm not a big sandwich fan like i'll eat sandwiches really? yeah which i'm just like whatever i'm on the fence about that i like barbecue there's really great barbecue here but like I don't like crave it on a daily basis. Plus, it's like so fucking fatty. I mean, it's so heavy. Yeah. No, it is not a. Um, and like, I I love meat. So like, honestly, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, what like trends. you're you're a grazer? No, no, honey, I'm not a grazer. <laughs> I'm a I'm a finish the whole thing in one scene. <laughs> no, no, I mean you like snacking throughout the day. It's like no, but you're, I'm you're not sure a one I, big meal a day kind of person. No, but like my grazing is like a 
I, I graze stuff that's not meant to be a single serving. <laughs> um, like I, you, a I whole should, foods <laughs> blueberry <laughs> scope. I whole, yeah, a whole paycheck uh, eater. Um, nine hundred calories. No, yeah, I, like I just I just had to order on Amazon this like the that flavor Haribo that they don't sell here, which I love the most, the Picobala. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like it looks like, like those soccer balls. Yeah, they like the originally they're like long sticks of like. <clears throat> how would you d- describe? Oh, it's it? like rope candy that they cut into slices. Yeah, basically. And so I like know for a fact that that whole bag, like, would be a like a single serving for me in one go. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I don't bring that stuff into our house because I just I eat it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so do you want to hear what the bot had to say? Yeah. Uh, so in short, plant-based options, uh, functional ingredients. What is that? So mean? things like superfoods, probiotics, ancient grains, which uh, offer very health benefits. Who wrote this? Daniel Keller? <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh, semolina. Is the word semolina, semolina. in there? <laughs> uh, global flavors. Okay. Sounds colonial. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, cancel the cancel chat GPT. Totally. Like global flavors are African, Middle Eastern, and Southeast Asian. <laughs> okay. White supremacy. <laughs> bot uh sustainable bot <laughs> sustainable and locally sourced foods wow can't wait to get a roast chicken in brooklyn <laughs> uh you oh by the way you know what i was shocked to discover uh boar's head like cold cuts oh yeah 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 that like, brand i would never touch that because you know they sell them at at every single deli and like and like dirty co- bodega like <laughs> yeah exactly and i just i was sure it's like a like a purdue chicken kind of thing uh-huh like you know just injected with steroids and like the worst possible meat for you not to say that my standard for like you know cold cuts is that high but anyway it turns out it's like fucking made in bushwick Oh really? Yeah, Boar's Head oh, is like a crazy. Bushwick based like meat manufacturer or whatever. I'm like, where do they keep the cows? <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe we can maybe we can go on a tour. Um what do you what do you call it? An abattoir? An abattoir, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, we can boor- go on the tour and find out. Yeah, totally shocked. Like our friend yesterday told us about it, and I'm looking it up now. Boar's head uh founded in uh 1905 in brooklyn new york huh and it's like a wow, it's, it's a, old yeah it's like a countrywide distributor now oh uh, no you know. you know what it's it says that it's been based in sarasota since uh, 2001 <laughs> okay that's when the hipsters started moving in when <laughs> totally. Head started moving out Who's like huge loft? What shitty artist is occupying the boar's head uh <laughs> <laughs> the old boar's head <laughs> headquarters <laughs> Uh, formerly known as the McKibben Lofts. (laughs) (laughs) 
what's his name the artist from girls booth oh uh, totally oh my god <laughs> i met someone last week in berlin that lives in the mckibben lofts and i was shaken i was just like oh and he's been there since like 2006 or something i'm like okay you're a pioneer that's like peak gawker era making fun of the mckibben lofts with live coverage are the uh, mckibben lofts is where that that obnoxious gay couple the tiktok influencers live before they move to la is that possible I need to go, maybe i need to go back it does seem like it's been gentrified so yeah it's funny I think when they you could be in there when you look up mckibben lofts on google maps this first picture that comes up is has like a prominent ring light in the picture in somebody's <laughs> somebody's loft which speaks volumes oh my god uh okay so the bot also says snack sna- i can't even say this word snackification <laughs> of what with busy lifestyle people looking for quick and convenient food options which has led to the rise of snacking as a meal replacement <laughs> so I, does the bot realize it, it needs to uh, yeah, predict not observe yeah whole ingredients and unique interesting flavors like energy bars yogurt cups and healthy chips okay 1990s okay and then the last one is gut health focus uh so things like pre and probiotics fermented foods like kimchi kefir and kombucha all right we actually were looking into doing a colon cleansing thing Mm -hmm. like in town because i just like you know i i I opened up my class pass again after not using it for years in New York because uh, I have a lot of time on my hands here. So I've been going to the gym and alternating with going to yoga. Oh, nice. Um, and I saw there's like one con cleansing service oh on, on class pass. Oh but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some research because if it's that good for you, like, like it, it just it sounded too good to be true as like a panacea for your like <laughs> don't perforate your colon yeah exactly it gets diasepsis um anyways it said here that there's like major potential concerns such as like dehydration tear in the rectum oh God. infection change in your fucking electrolyte balance you don't want to mess with that no um, I don't think you should do it. I yeah. I'm a big proponent of the body the body cleanses itself. Yeah, of course. That's, that's what it was designed to do. Yeah. So the same thing when people are like, um, the toxins being flushed. It's like I mean, toxins do get flushed. Otherwise you would like die of being poisoned. Mm-hmm. Um, of course there's those forever toxins, like things in Teflon. But um, going to a sauna and like drinking a tonic are not going to get rid of those. So right, um, yeah. All right. So next question: Am I dumb for going to the Nick Cave and Alex Katz shows at the Guggenheim instead of the Tillman's show at MoMA on the one free day I had in NYC on my visit last week? I mean, do you realize they're only like twenty blocks, thirty blocks apart, and there's a pretty. <laughs> pretty good public transportation system in new york city you could have done all three in one also like possibly how long can the guggenheim show take yeah i mean you just it takes as long as your legs can like take you up the the spiral rotunda and also all of their side like a uh, side a uh, side galleries are relatively small and like with nick cave's art like you you get a glimpse of it and you get the the hang of it. There's not much to like 
Yeah, it's like, sound it's suits. Like, it's like stage. Yeah, it's like stage props. It's like I don't know. It's like uh, remember when we were so excited to see the Charles Ray show? I don't. Wait, was it Charles Ray? John at the Moore. Met. Oh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> what's wrong with me? Charles uh, Ray. Tra- no wait. What's oh his yeah, name? yeah. Charles Ray, right? No. Uh, God, what's yes, wrong? Charles Ray. <laughs> Yes, Charles Ray. Okay. Uh, that show took about 10 minutes to see. <laughs> like, well, that was a particularly sparse show. It was very sparse. It took up a lot of space and there was not that much in it. And Yeah. Yeah. There's just something to be said for placing really large, like, just like single sculptures in a space, especially contemporary sculpting that is not so extremely intricate like of the body i mean like figurative yeah. sculpting like because like with charles ray's work it's mostly about like um you know the maybe the hand gestures or the posture of the figure in his work and so once you like like you know our, our discerning eyes operate pretty quickly and once you register that like what's what's more to like what is there more to see yeah it, it's like I don't know. It's like meeting up with a friend and being like, oh, that's a cute shirt. Okay, you've seen the shirt. It's registered. Okay, moving on. It's like, I don't know. Uh, uh, and like his his surface is not like the surface texture. Well, there is not, nothing to the yeah, surface. It's not, it's not it's particularly just... intriguing. Having said that, it also doesn't look like 3D manufactured or like printed or something like that. But then again, it didn't have much look of a, a sexy allure in terms of, a, yeah. uh, you know, because I always gravitate to uh, surface material. I always want to touch it, but I didn't want to touch. There wasn't much surface or like hand or anything. It just. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was fine. It was fine. Exactly. Yeah. We're sorry, we're, people. We're in the apathetic <sighs> era of our sensibilities. And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the bot says it's not a matter of being dumb to go to one show or another well it's just I was a matter gonna, i was gonna say that too don't call yourself dumb true have some self-respect and worth yes it's just a matter of personal preference and interest everyone have their own taste in art and what they want to see there are countless museums and art galleries in new york and it's impossible to see everything in one visit so it's normal to have to make choices and prioritize if you enjoyed the show you went to, it means you made the right choice for yourself. The most important thing is that you had an enjoyable experience and got to see art that resonates with you. It sounds like a Teen Vogue affirmation. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's like, you go, girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're you're only the boss of yourself. <laughs> yes. Um, it's very like Michelle Obama. <laughs> Yes, queen. Hey, queen. You've done it again. <laughs> hey, queen. Oh, yeah. And then also, am I dumb for missing the Humana Mana show at PS1? Well, we covered this question on our first take, and I had to. I said that I had to look up this person. Humana, what's her last name? Mana, M-A-N-N-A. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was unfamiliar with her work. Uh, I'm going to look it up again. Well, the bot um, says missing an exhibit or show that you might be interested in is not a reflection of one's intelligence, as there are many factors that can influence whether or not you get to see a particular exhibit. 
There are countless art shows and exhibitions taking place in a city like New York, and it's not possible for one person to see them all. It's important to remember that there will always be more art to see and discover, and missing a single exhibit is not a big deal. You know, and honestly, it goes I, on for paragraphs and paragraphs. This is insane. You know what I'd be interested? I, I would be interested in a, the German version of ChatGPT because yeah, for sure, bitch. yeah, it would not take on the same kind of motherly tenderness. <laughs> totally. <clears throat> I wonder uh, if there's a... Yeah. Can you like... Is there a way to like f- prompt it to speak th- speak through like germanic values <laughs> like cult- cultural ethos <laughs> can you can you try to uh i don't think so can, it's can so basic okay okay the next question what's the thoughts on our 2023 motto oh well 23 and me that's for me <laughs> uh Mine is get snatch or die trying um, all the way up the remix. <laughs> Please don't die on the way to get getting snatched. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go on Ozempic, uh, that diabetes oh drug that <laughs> Khloe Kardashian is probably on. You think she's on that? What do you think she's on? <sighs> I don't know. Everything. Because no, those people Oz- are, they're not natural. It's not just diet. No, no. She might be on Ozempic. She denied it. Mindy Kaling, allegedly on it. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk, allegedly on it. I think he tweeted about it. I've blocked him, so I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but Ozempic is trending. <laughs> what well, about Fen Fen? What about Alestra? <laughs> I saw I saw snippets. Like, I saw TikTok snippets from the 60-minute... Uh, like special about Ozempic, which was clearly like they brought on like special like uh professionals from big pharma to like try to convince the the masses that obes- obesity is a uh an inevitable sort of chronic condition yeah that has to has to be remedied by remedied by their you know pharmaceutical solutions yeah which then we talked about on the phone yesterday and I was like, well, how do you explain the disparities between like the levels of obesity in the States versus Europe? Cause clearly this country is way fatter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lifestyle lifestyle. Yeah. And it, it even, it's not just about the obesity. It's also about the, uh, the healthy people here look drastically different than the, you yeah. like that. The, yeah. All those corn fed thoughts. <laughs> those buccal jawed corn fed <laughs> totally like 16 year old jocks uh okay the bot response is funny so it gives it a little disclaimer about you know ai blah blah, blah. but then it'd be impossible for me to know exactly what the motto for the art world in 2023 will be as the industry is always changing and evolving but as trends go, I can tell you that some ongoing themes that may carry on in the art world are the diversification and representation of voices, intersectionality, and the use of art as a means of activism, the exploration of technology, and the continued interest in the relationship between art and nature and the environment. This just sounds like uh, some like PS1. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I th- Honestly, I think they've... Uh, yeah. That's where they source their uh, their copy. Totally. 
Um, it's like the what, annual report for MoMA. Yeah, basically. What does ChatGPT has to say about Durag art? Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's it's a thing. Look it up. Uh, uh, yeah, ask ask Stefan Simkovitz, <laughs> who just like a couple of days ago re- this, released as a uh, artist roster for the f- upcoming year. And yeah, after not- operating for how long now? Yeah, uh, and notably, like one name was like missing. Yeah, where's Petra Courtright? Yeah, <laughs> and who are all these other people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's uh, I think he's he's working on their visas to uh, import them from west africa as we speak <clears throat> did, uh-huh. did he come from an emerald mine <laughs> <laughs> he said he sent some of my uh some mossad a uh operatives <laughs> to rummage through uh coffee burlap bags <laughs> to find artists <laughs> to represent <laughs> I will say, though, a few years ago, I saw this really beautiful installation, the new wing of the Tel Aviv Museum of Art. That's like it's the artist who does these massive like coffee, coffee burlap bags like installations where he just covers up the walls. Uh, I'm going to look it up now. Um, oh, I think you sent me a photo of that back then. Uh, up, up, up. See, Google can't even like Google can't find it anyway. Um. Yeah, what were we saying? I don't even remember. Okay, let's see. Oof. Who were the best the best selling artists at auction in twenty twenty two live from our Bible? <laughs> uh, I'm just thanks, you know I'm, thanks to our mole who is still providing us with Yeah, I'm pro just so, I'm so incredibly grateful that this login has been going strong for the what second year in a row now? Yeah. You know who you are, and you we do. appreciate it. Yeah, you've recently slid into our DMs. I think it was you asking us, imploring us to record again. Well, thanks. And so here we are. Um, okay, uh, let's see what living artists have topped the list, the auction list. I mean, all the dead artists are at the top of the list. Warhol, Monet, Picasso, Bacon, Magritte. Uh, Richter, I guess, is alive. Made a total of... $255 million this year. Actually. Is the Yayo Kusama bot? Um, oh, God. You mean the, the Pierre Cadeau hologram? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, interestingly, there's not a lot of a, uh, you know, eyebrow raising names on this list the artist who topped the list it's like who do you expect it's like a combination of a uh uh post-war yeah and, and modernist uh like impressionists <clears throat> well maybe a 90 year old will be rediscovered soon and oh <laughs> yeah added to the list we should you know because we've been recording so a uh relatively sel- seldom now we should do like a in memoriam uh segment because you know, people, famous artists die True. in between episodes. Most notably, Dorothy Anone, who passed away I know. a couple of weeks ago. Very sad. One of our favorite yeah. artists and such a such an angel over Berlin. Yeah. 
Yes, I was just going to say a very vibrant force in Berlin. Yeah. Um, let's see what other fodder I can find on Artnet News. Oh, he to, he to style again. It's like, do they have a quota? <laughs> um. Oh, there's some more allegations of anti-Semitism. I see. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, something Hito uh, chimed in on, or yeah, is that separate? Hito Cyril no longer is that how you pronounce her last name? I feel like we've constantly mispronounced her last one. Okay, video artist Hito, Hito Styrel had had been named this year's winner of the Hugo Hugo Ball Prize, overseen by the German city of Piedmont. What is that city? But now nobody will receive the award due to fresh concern over the anti anti semitism of the prize's namesake, a founder of the Dada movement. Styrel confirmed to the press that she had not declined the award; instead, the decision was made internally. Um. Can you imagine having to be like an artist, not Jewish, in Germany and having to constantly pay lip service to like (laughs) things that utterly disregard you? Yeah. Um, I mean, as much as I love to just like ridicule Germans, especially for Nazi connections, mm -hmm. um, it's like everything in the society has some sort of Nazi connection. Like the Hugo Boss Prize. The Volkswagen Foundation for blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, I don't think they should give out the, like, Albert Speer Prize, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the Goring Gala <laughs> for the arts, <laughs> but... Is what's-his-name still uh, the art director at 32C? No. No? What is no, it? No, he left. Uh, I guess doing like freelance stuff. Oh. oh, wait. I think Jordan's coming back. I'm hearing the garage door open. Uh, I hope it's him and not the killer. It is him. <laughs> um. Okay. Parallel art shows in London and Berlin conjure up political utopias using AI and celebrity deepfakes. Another world does not let reality become swallowed up in fiction. Instead, it asks us to observe the line between the two, even as it blurs. Um, I'm seeing a deep fake, a really shitty deep fake of Kim K, which <laughs> she, looks like... She, she looks like she's wearing an orthodox uh, <laughs> wig. No, she looks, like, she looks like Madonna on her Instagram feed. <laughs> Like the the wig position is so low. <laughs> what, what what's it called? A a scheidel? A scheidel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then as I tweeted, it's like, I'm sorry, good try, but post twenty fourteen Kim does not wear statement necklaces. She would yeah. not be caught dead in one. <laughs> yeah, that's very it's giving TJ Max. <laughs> oh, much like our favorite luggage stealer who is <laughs> who looks like he broke into sorry they broke into michelle obama's luggage (laughs) like circa 2010 (laughs) it's like power power dresses and statement pieces like Like hooker pumps and yeah it's like girl boss hooker pumps um and like structured dresses with 
Uh, like a shrug and a statement necklace. Like, I'll never get it. I'm all for the gender gender ambiguity, but like, why do you want to dress like the worst possible slice of American fashion? <laughs> totally. Like, dress hot, um, not like the mall clothes I sold in 2009. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> well, surprisingly, this show is at the Cave, or unsurprisingly... Um, oh well that artist uh whose name i christopher colundrin thomas yeah yeah Yeah. uh he was in that disbiennial how is that how is there still demand for that type of art um you know it's like heady it's about net like networks yeah um, i understand understand that but like ai but like 2008 it's just incredible to me that the tentacles of that yeah really like I still don't see the benefit of the original sort of peak of that era and even more so now, like so many years after the fact, like I don't understand the, like the point of the tentacles. Yeah. So he did a work for the, uh, dis annual, uh, which it was like this video work, like 3d rendered or whatever. And it's like an Airbnb Mm -hmm. for artists or something where artists can be more, mobile or whatever and there was like this virtual exhibition in the work and a friend of mine curated it uh anna frost she's great Mm -hmm. uh and so i'm in it quote unquote but it's like i wasn't credited as an artist in the biennial i want a retraction (laughs) (laughs) i just i i truly don't understand how there's still like in the curatorial ranks how there's still any demand for this type of art (sighs) Like who, who needs know. to see that? Like, the, does that really bring? Is that a? Is that a? a uh, does that bring audiences to the cave? Well, I think that's always the big uh, disconnect between like museums and the audiences they like, uh, you know, allegedly try to engage. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually that kind of slides in well to our last question in the mailbag. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel like there is any penetration of contemporary art into the general population outside city centers, especially? And do you think it's uh, even important that it does, or is it best to let the popular museums filter it all to um, disperse pop visuals to the typical media channels? Let them eat cake instead of getting dirty in the messy kitchen of the art world? Question mark. Um. Well, in the sense that there's any penetration of contemporary art into um um not sure quite how to say, it, but like are we talking about the stuff that that stuff that's shown in institutions outside of the major hubs, or are we talking about the trickling down of like high snooty art to the consumerist level? I guess, like, has it made it, have the tentacles penetrated beyond, like, urban centers and, like, you know, middle class and higher people? I, no, and I don't think there's, like, the, even the, the pretension of, the pretense of, of thinking that it would, like, why would it? You know, like, uh, um, but even when you think back to like, okay, let's say like um, mid 20th century socialist states, maybe some countries where things were more 
kind of popular and controlled by the government to kind of have a certain narrative or appeal to a broader cross-section of society. Um, obviously with like a dictated narrative. Um, do you think the average person cared? <laughs> like, I think they it's just might like, have it's ca- not for everyone. It's just like how everyone doesn't go to like the ballet or the opera or the harmonic. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure back in the day people cared more because it was m- more sort of a part of the fabric of uh, like the, the patriotic or the, the like the, the national pathos. But like nowadays yeah. it's like, it's been individualized so radically that like, why, why should I, the individual care about like an, extremely individualistic like form of expression by an artist like what how yeah. do, like it why does it speak to me does it serve any purpose in yeah. elevation of my spirit or like um yeah but once again yeah. i think i think i'm in those i'm even i'm post jaded <laughs> um i've just i've been reduced to just only seeking out the art that pleases me i i think i'm like i'm not accepting submissions <laughs> anymore conceptually <clears throat> but also it's uh you know we have so many more entertainment options and people didn't used to and in the end these kinds of pursuits are entertainment it's like things we do in our spare time yeah you know when we're not working or eating or sleeping so you know yeah i'm also i'm also kind of starting to lose faith in in like film and cinema it's just becoming a little if not redundant but it just feels like i'm i'm losing my draw to the movie theater like we went to see the fablemans uh the other night and like spielberg even if he tried he couldn't like make a truly awful movie he just yeah. he kn- he knows how to like cobble together scenes and in a like a uh, a sustainable way but it was just not not a good movie. It was miscast. It wasn't really interesting. It felt extremely really? self- yeah. Because I was really felt- curious about it. No, it's just if so. Hmm. This movie is basically a uh, uh, it's like a visualization or a dramatization of his like upbringing or childhood memories and his a uh, sort of uh, journey to becoming a filmmaker through his childhood experiences. Hmm. But it was just extremely self indulgent, meaning it was boring. Yeah, it was really leaning into things that added nothing to the viewer uh and michelle williams was cast as his very jewish mother so there you go like <laughs> great casting there yeah um paul paul dano was pretty good i like him um it was just like not good also it was like two and a half hours long um. and it was and it was opened by like a, a bespoke 10 minute long message from Steven Spielberg's sister to like the the Nashville audience that was sitting i guess in that specific like art house cinema where we saw the movie oh and she just like went on and on for 10 minutes about like how this project came to be and this and that and at some point we noticed she was like wearing a hospital bracelet oh my god on her hand oh. <laughs> and we were like are are you currently committed <laughs> to an institution oh what's this recorded is like steven spielberg holding a gun to your head oh my god um anyways it's not it's not a great movie but where's the set again like albuquerque or something the movie yeah uh no i I forget where he was born but they uh at a young age they moved to colorado like his dad oh yeah yeah 
was like a computer guy worked for ibm or whatever and then from colorado they moved oh to, just like uh, beyonce's dad yeah <laughs> and then they moved to california um okay. but it's just like um i don't know it's not a good movie i and i mm. i like i like steven spielberg i i think yeah, i like, like him too and i mean like 99 percent of the movies he does are great yeah and like come to think of it i think i've seen every every one of his like the movies he made in the past 10 years by accident like but i actually went to the movie theater to see them and one other movie that i was going to see was avatar the like avatar 2 but then i read this new york times article that was all about the like extremely high frame rate oh my god and how jarring it is to the eyes and like you know the first thing i do when i at, like you know rent an apartment or like you know an airbnb or whatever and i turn on the tv is i go i do a, a deep dive into the settings menu to turn off the true motion feature. soap opera mode like that it's just it's, it's such an obscenity oh, I that know. feature like who the hell came up with that <clears throat> anyways that, that movie's allegedly in like f- like a frame rate of like 40 or something like that what yeah it's really high oh my god so that that's one trend i would you see it in 40x (laughs) no no (laughs) you don't want to get sprayed in the face i don't want to get sprayed i don't want to like i don't want to leave the movie theater smelling like the house scent from my the shopping mall in my hometown in israel uh i don't trust the nose of regal (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's so funny because yeah i don't know if our listeners know i'm really into perfumery now i've been diy perfuming so um yeah maybe you should you should uh you should enter a partnership with a um the quad in new york city or film forum (laughs) Maybe I should um, just make house sense. You should. Because you know great. With, with house sense, it really is all about then being a great like salesperson and you can do it solo. You totally. can just like you can travel to all these destinations, especially like, you know, suburban outlets and stuff like that, and just like present oh, yes. yourself as like a you know, like a sit like a uh like a uh, sophisticated urbanite um yeah well i love the westfield mall i go to in wrocław poland their house scent is amazing Mm -hmm. um i just don't like it when it like tingles or burns my nostril no this one's really good it's like a mild floral it feels very just like clean and luxurious Mm -hmm. um but there's a house scent i have an issue with it's the parking garage at the Grove in Los Angeles. Why would there be a house scent in the parking garage? It's probably well, not, not in the mask, actual where, <laughs> what to mask the like exhaust fumes. <laughs> not not the actual place where you park, but when you come out, there's these like there's like a lobby essentially, um, uh-huh. kind of like a concierge there, and there's mm-hmm. such a strong like Tom Ford knockoff. Like oh, a tobacco yeah. vanilla or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's extreme. Honestly, most offensive I find all these uh Santal knockoffs. Oh, totally. Uh those are just so overpowering. Yeah, or it's just like a cheap sandalwood. Yeah. Um 
can you make me a like a custom like a incense fragrance not not incense but incense smelling Mm -hmm. because i just incense is one of the like the smells i love the most today i smelt opium for the first time oh are you Uh, the the eve saint laurent not the drug are you high like uh (laughs) like has when he was uh when he was tripping on mushrooms oh my god have you (laughs) pre-ordered your copy of spare oh my god we should name the episode spare okay we're calling it spare i wasn't i wasn't even aware of that term yeah it's like i don't even know if that actually happened yeah (laughs) no but is that king charles called him a spare is that colloquialism or is that just a um yeah i mean a spare you know the the term makes sense but like but is that like official official palace terminology or oh no a, i don't think it is oh, i'm okay. sure the dad just said it you know like yeah well i know he sounds the, uh, like a bitch so i know the tide is turning uh against him because even the new york times uh published a it wasn't an official op-ed or maybe it was an op-ed that was really lambasting him for like you know airing his dirty laundry yeah um yeah i think they really miscalculated on this yeah i think i mean it's so salacious and juicy which is why i pay attention to it but yeah but it's not it's like they basically they overstayed their welcome in the uh in like the public not the public the uh just the headlines they're occupying like i've i've kind of i feel like i've i've heard all there is to hear about this at this point yeah uh, it's been a very drawn out news cycle. It has, yeah. And just most deplorable I find is the publishing of screenshots of text exchanges. Oh my god. That is so fucking nasty. Like, Wait, no has there should... been something since the documentary, like the Netflix series with the screenshots? Yeah, there he there's screenshots in the book. What? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Of the exchange between Kate and Megan regarding the, the 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 dresses the her daughter was supposed to wear, like Kate's daughter. Oh my god! Um, so tacky. I mean, Kate, Kate comes across Kate comes across as a bit as like a big B, but uh, I have no doubt in my mind that at the end of the day, Megan's responsible for all of this. This home wrecker. God. Well, like many things in life, many things can be true. Um, yeah, I know. Everyone sucks like, in the situation. But like, you know, I'm just to reflect on this as a married individual, I would never, ne- like, can you imagine lashing out against your spouse's family Yeah, in public? Well, a tale as old as time. I mean, minus the public part. But I know so many people where... They have so much family drama because someone is married into the family and has like rocked the boat. Yeah. And it's always like this new partner basically pulling someone away from their family, trying to have like control and ownership of them. Yeah. I think the DSM should have like a a designated section for that because it's a personality type. Oh, totally. To like, you know, enter a territory that's not yours and just like, you know, feel entitled to yeah um 
Anyway, that does not excuse the way the media treated her or the uh, racism she encountered in the UK at the hands of the media and the family. That said, they're both chaotic and messy. (laughs) Like... No, but he he strikes me as more of a uh, of a cocky victim of the circumstances. She's she's yeah. she's clearly, and I'm saying it to, it, it to like in her benefit. She seems a, like a very assertive and charismatic person, but also like yeah. incredibly insecure. And I think she's driven yeah. by her insecurity. Um, oh yeah, which, which led her to want to be an actress. Like yeah, having of course. this constant adulation and attention. Yeah. Especially after um, having this like loser father, yeah. Um, and also like you know if you're if you're in a like a family drama situation like a, the the sort of sane thing to do would be to pull away, not to charge back in and to like burn down the house. Oh, totally. Um, no, and everything. It's like we've said this before, but it's like this whole idea where they just thought they could be kind of some linchpin in. Uh, kind of like the new version of this institution. Yeah, it's like ah, nat, like we're the Trojan horse into the colonial nations, like, right? Um, because one of us is uh black and the other is white, and like we're you know the new face of the monarchy, right? It's like they weren't they weren't against any of what this stood for. Yeah, she's a mess. So, He's a mess yeah. too. We're both a mess. Yeah um yeah well hopefully this take will have recorded (laughs) (laughs) i know yeah okay well Uh, hopefully we'll uh be able to uh do this with a higher frequency in the coming couple of weeks yes now that i've run an amazon scam Mm -hmm. um Uh, you're, you're actually you're actually you want that on record <laughs> i'll bleep it out yeah okay. let's just say i ordered the mic and i'm sending it back because i did not bring it with me on this trip oh well all righty uh all right well it was fun chatting amir i'll talk to you soon same talk to you soon choose choose